Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we begin, want to remind you all to join the new Union Sports Goalkeeping Community, a social media network that reimagines how we engage, educate, and entertain one another. To download free, go to www.theunionsports.com or the Union Community on Apple or Google Play stores. Thanks for making the Union possible, and on with the show. Happy holidays and welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from a cloudy, rainy West Hollywood, California. With me from her enchanted garden, the one and only 99 <laughs> World Cup winner. Suska also in Weber. California, which also, makes, it, makes it seem like you're not telling the truth because it doesn't look like it's raining behind me. <laughs> or I just haven't, I, or I just haven't looked out inside the window today. Maybe it's that too. Speaking of weather, we know somebody who knows a lot about weather because they've got a lot of weather going on over there. We've got <laughs> coming live from the UK, and we've got Chelsea FC goalkeeper Ethan Wadey currently on loan with Woking. Ethan, thanks for uh, thanks for staying up with us. I know it's got to be at least eight o'clock for you. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. Really excited to be here. Oh, my gosh. Suski, we were just talking about this earlier, but Ethan, actually, who uh, spent a lot of time in North Carolina before he went over to the UK, uh, trained with Nathan Thackeray. Mm. Uh, yeah. So it's a, such a small world in goalkeeping, isn't it, Sus? It really That's is. That's why it's called the yeah. union. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 Ethan, for some people who might not be familiar with you, they're like, did you just find a Hemsworth to come on the podcast for a minute? Like, what's Right. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, look, uh, I've got another like four movie. Got film. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you you got UK and in and American roots. Um, you originally yes. started in in San Jose area. How the heck did you end up at Chelsea? Um, well, yeah, honestly, it was it was a lot of happy coincidences that kind of uh worked in my favor. So obviously, I was born in San Jose. Uh, so I spent probably about the first year of my life there, and then my family moved across the U.S. over to North Carolina. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's kind of where I see his home in the U.S. And uh, I spent the first 15 years playing and living over there. And then in uh, 2017, there just so happened to be a job offer for my dad in the U.K. And uh, my family packed up and moved across the Atlantic. So ever since then, um, I got a trial with Chelsea. And that just kind of it was a two day trial that became six weeks. That became three months. And eventually I signed my scholarship and got into the club. So it was kind of the long winded way of getting there. But, you know, five years down the line and here we are. And he still has it. And he has the English accent. I, I was literally going to say. I, I know. Say, I saw it. I saw it, Mike. You're like, wait a minute. You lived in North Carolina for 15 years and you have mm, that mm. gorgeous English accent going on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, my, oh, my God. See, see, now, Ethan, now you got the best of both worlds because, like, you know, you've, you've got a little bit of that English accent going on. So when you come back to the United States and mm. uh, let's say you're chatting it up with uh, with some, <laughs> some, some, some people, uh, some young women. Uh, <laughs> They're like, oh my gosh! They're like, it's he's enchanting. He's 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 so he's so refined. My girlfriend may not be too happy to hear you say that. uh, (laughs) Does she notice the accent? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, Again, it's kind of the the halfway in between. So, uh, yeah, she is. So, it's kind of the halfway between the English people all notice the American side, and the Americans all notice the English side. So, oh oh my god. Now, 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 Ethan. Um, you know, but kind of before we get into today's topic, which is maximizing your loan or you know spending time as a guest player on a youth club, um. Obviously, you know, you're part of what they call the the Chelsea loan army. Um, there's a lot mm-hmm. of players 
that are signed by Chelsea. And a lot of people don't understand that uh, there's, you know, Mendy, Keppa. There's a few goalkeepers uh, there already. <laughs> Just a couple. Just a couple. Uh, <laughs> so it might take a few years uh, to, to, to make it onto the first team there. So what is kind of that process when Chelsea signs you as a pro? And how do they explain to you how it's going to work as a goalkeeper? Um, so, yeah, obviously I came into Chelsea when, uh, when I was, uh, 15. So I spent my time going through the academy side of everything, not just, uh, being signed in as a, as an already professional goalkeeper. So for me, it was always a case of they were looking to kind of develop and progress me as a goalkeeper. And, uh, obviously, yeah, hopefully the idea is to one day eventually break into the first team and go down that path. But the best way to, or the way that Chelsea recognized to get there for a lot of goalkeepers is to go through kind of the loan programs and look through a bunch of that stuff. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of just looking to build experience, build a depth of knowledge. And obviously, you know, goalkeeping is such a, such a knowledge-based position and such an experience-based position that it's very difficult to build that up when only one goalkeeper can play in every game. So, like you say, there's Kepa, there's Mendy, and then there's also Marcus Bettinelli, who's helping out in the, third, in the first team as kind of a third choice. So, with that path kind of blocked then that's when the best time is for me to come in to do loans and to experience other clubs and see what see what else is out there to kind of build my own experience you know go ahead Seth. no yeah because mike we've talked about this so much like if you're you know if you're not in that starting one too like you're not playing and yeah. you know i spent 10 years on the u.s national team and been rostered for 100 uh, over 100 games but how many did I play? You know, so it's like you have to get in that. You have to be able to be loaned. And I think it's a great system. Absolutely. You know, yeah. because you want your goalkeepers getting games, even if it's not for you. You're not like cornering the market on keepers and saying you're you're only playing with us if you're not playing at all. You're you like, no, this this person has to be ready to go. And so yeah. it's yeah. a great, great process. Yeah. And Ethan, feel free to step in any time. Uh, you don't have to wait for us to ask you a have question to. or anything like yeah. that. But um, but I was going to say to you is that, I mean, how does this work when with a club like Chelsea? You know, obviously every club's different. Does it like, I'm almost picturing like a like a catalog. You know, they're like, here's some clubs. <laughs> do any of the do, do any of these interest you uh, for 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 some loan time? Like, which one of these? Uh, are you involved in that process or is that something internally between the club and the other? Club? Um, there's a whole bunch that goes into it. So I've, I've worked with my agents, um, Harry and Connor, who I'm sure you guys have had some chats with um, setting everything up, but I work with them and then they kind of help me to work with the club to kind of find what the best option will be. So it, it considers a whole bunch of things from style of play of the different teams to locations and practicality and everything of that side. And also just if I'm going to play and get game time and what I'm going to be able right. to get out of the loan. So, it, it, it varies time to time, but it always just comes down to a lot of kind of conversations of what we want to get out of everything. Yeah. You know, I, I was going to say, you know, one of the things, Saskia, in regards to that, I think a lot of young players, and when we're just talking talking about the guesting thing before we go into the topic, like they'll just go play with whatever club because they need a mm -hmm. goalkeeper. They'll mm -hmm. need a goalkeeper. And then sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, I went to – Dallas Cup or ECNL showcase with right, this right, team right. or whatever. And oh, I hated it and it was the worst and blah, blah, blah. And there's like, well, why'd you go? It's like, oh, because they needed a goalkeeper. It's like, well, yeah, you have to you have to see what fits for you because how mm -hmm. are you showing? If you're if you're on a loan to a team that the style's all wrong, <clears throat> yeah, you're not clicking and and you don't see it, then you're just doing yourself a disservice. Mm -hmm. You know, look, you, it's not that you have to go play for the best team. 
because then you're not doing anything anyway. But you, you know, you want some experience, but you also don't want it to be a negative for yourself. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. I yeah. mean, some of my some of my best loans as well have been the times that, you know, I've been a side that's battling against relegation or I mean, last season I went out to Hendon and I was facing, you know, eight, nine, ten shots a game. Yeah. And when I'm looking to develop, that's what you want. You don't really want to be the goalkeeper who's sat there with nothing to do all game. You want to be involved. You want to be taking shots. You want to be taking crosses. Mm-hmm. You want to be actually kind of implementing the things that you're learning and training instead of just standing around. I, I will tell you this, and I'll tell you, not many people know this. I'll say this on air. When I was uh, going out of my sophomore year at Rutgers, I was looking to transfer to um, North Carolina and yeah. had had a long conversation with Anson and everything. I was given the permission at that time to speak with him. Um, I love Rutgers. I'm glad I stayed. Everything like that. Don't everybody get mad. But there was just a thing for me that I didn't feel like the people surrounding me were pushing to another level like the UNC, you know, obviously Mia and it was going to go and train and be with Mia and Lil and all those, all those guys and Rita and stuff. And, um, Anson said to me, he goes, Saski, you can come in here and I can't give you what, what Rutgers is giving you. He's like, you're seeing 10 like shots saves a game. He goes, you're going to see 10 saves a season. And, you know, and your focus is to go pro like overseas and to be on the national team and everything like that. And that experience I can't give you here. You could come, but that experience you're not going to get. And he was right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, and and that's part of the thing as well as being a Chelsea goalkeeper. A lot of the times that I've come up in the academy, the games that you are playing, you tend to be the goalkeeper who you have to make one or two big saves in a game instead of the one who has to be busy and is doing something for the full 90 minutes. So kind of having that as a foundation, you also see the other side of it when you are going out on loan and seeing the kind of, all right, I need to be dominating my box. I need to be claiming crosses. I need to be doing all the other sides on top of it as well, rather than just kind of playing out. Yeah. yeah. And then the worst thing is not seeing anything and having one goal scored against you. So you go exactly. and you have no saves and a goal. Against, <laughs> and you're like, I Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Now you, you I know I, Mike, I put... you, you see like 30 shots every, every week. Oh, well <laughs> I, my back is so jacked right now. I'm having like, I'm having like nerve issues and stuff. I think I, I might have to take a break for a few minutes. I, I haven't been able to play the last three games. Cause like, I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. I went to the doctor like this past week and they're like, uh, yeah, that sounds like you need to see a neurologist because I was talking about like, <laughs> ner- nerve damage and stuff like that. They're like, there's nothing we can do for you. I'm like, well, then they're like, we can do an x-ray and see if there's like a bone issue. So they did an x-ray. They're like, yeah, there's nothing wrong. I'm like, well, I'm still feeling like these shocks when I move like in step. And, like, I, heard. I, saw- like, I just sounded like a crazy person today. No, like, I saw the national team. We had a, a chiropractor come in and yeah. I came in. I don't, she didn't know what position I played, and she's yeah. like, "Wow, like you're really like out of line and mess up." I was like, "I'm a goalkeeper." <laughs> like, like, I'm a goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not kidding you. I literally like was stepping, and I feel like this shock of like like tingling like around my body, and I'm like, "Oh my god, do I have like multiple sclerosis or something?" I'm freaking oh. out. I'm freaking out. I don't know what it is. I'm a total hypochondriac, Ethan. You know, and uh, so. Yeah. Absolutely. So like, but the thing is, is like, I, for a second, when yesterday I got a text, I was like, Hey, can you come down and play today? I was like, well, I'm only feeling shocks on one side of my body. <laughs> the left hand still works. Uh, yeah, yeah. The left hand right. still works. Yeah. I mean, like I'm, my head, my head's kind of straightening out a little bit. Like <laughs> Mike, take a break. <laughs> by the way, 
by the way, Ethan, there's a dude in the chat right now who's just going crazy. Jonathan Winter, do you know him? <laughs> yes, I do. He's uh, <laughs> one of my buddies back in the U.S. <laughs> okay. So he put, if my sources are solid, I heard all of his skill came from Lydia in Wake Forest. <laughs> um, that is, that's referring to uh, one of the people back that I grew up with. Uh, so when I was growing up, we had a cul-de-sac that was really close to us. So uh, we would go over there and just be playing 24-7. So I think that's just a little reference to uh, us playing all those pickup games. Nice. I like that. Oh, my yeah, God. I love yeah. that. And now and Alex Sal Salient is asking, who taught you everything you know about goalkeeping? Everything, apparently. Everything. Um, it's it's <laughs> uh, it's a tough one. There's no there's no one source for, for these types of things. I mean, it's it's, a, it's an accumulation of many years of being in training. So obviously I, I started out with um, a couple of the goalkeepers that, or goalkeeping coaches at um and CFC, Matt Brown was the guy who I kind of came up with. And then obviously later on, I had uh, Nick Platter and then Nathan Thackeray right before I came over to the UK. And um, so it's, it's really just been an accumulation of them and then all the coaches I've been exposed to over here as well. Did uh, did by training with Nathan, did that kind of and I, I know every goalkeeper coach is different, but did that prepare you for going over to the UK and maybe a different type of culture than you absolutely. were used to? Absolutely. Absolutely. I honestly, like looking back at everything, I don't know if the transition that I did make at the time would have been possible without the kind of preparation I did with Nathan. And I haven't had a chance to speak to him. So I do wish, hopefully, you know, he's listening and can hear it, but I do want to say thank you to him because a lot of the sessions and a lot of the mentality things that he kind of instilled into me when I was with him, it, it made the transition to the UK a thousand times easier than it was. I mean, it was, it was difficult regardless, but I think his preparation definitely helped me out. You know, you know, it, it's funny that you said that Saskia, because, you know, we've had these conversations and, well, not not about Nathan Thackeray and Ethan, but I'm saying we've had these we've had these conversations before about like when a player is going to go, let's say, try out with a different club, whether it's a youth player or go to a different college or whatever, um, that they need to understand that they're going into a different environment and like what to expect, because if they don't know what to expect, they're never going to be prepared. No, yeah. of course. And, and you have to do your research and your due diligence, you just don't want to go in blind. You have to, you know, whether it's you're in college and you're transferring from one college to the other, or you're going from club to club, it's not like, not everything's the same. Not every team's the same. Not every philosophy's the same. Not their expectations out of their goalkeeper is the same. And you need to do your research. Your agents need to know. And that's what we were talking about before is you need to find the right fit that's going to help your you know, growth as, and not hurt it as well as, you know, as the teams. Yeah. You know, Ethan, I have, I have a question for you in, in, in regards to all this, like, because Suskia brought up the thought going to North Carolina and you brought up, you know, about the, you know, yeah, relegation not many people battle. know that. I'm like, <laughs> well, well, now they do. <laughs> I know. Kate, Casey Murphy's never going to speak to me again. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> But like uh, you brought up, you know, the whole relegation battle and everything like that. And I think, you know, I think this is a big problem with the youth game here in the United States, Ethan. And often you're, you're a little bit, yeah. you know, um, uh, kind of removed from that. But a lot of young kids, a lot, let's just say a lot of their parents want them to play at the, the best, best, best team, the number one ranked team in their state. Um, when in reality, that might not be best for their development. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, most of my su most successful seasons have been the times I haven't been playing for the first team. I mean, even looking back to, I think it was U12 or U11 or something like that, I got dropped to the B team instead of the A team. And again, it was a case of having a bigger role in the team and actually having a bigger impact as opposed to just mm -hmm. kind of 
being the goalkeeper who stands there and yeah you make a save or two and have an impact but sometimes obviously you know if people are wanting to be in a team that's competing for championships and whatever that's fine but if you are focused on purely development it can be better to be in those positions where you are having to be busy and you are having to have an impact yeah i mean parents ask me all the time with their kids whether it's ecnl whether this and that and the other recruiting wise and everything and i'm like look you know number one like goalkeeper, like any sort of ID camp for a goalkeeper is great because we don't get to see you train play that much. And I'm glad you're making a transfer from, you know, whatever it's blues to, to, you know, surf or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're like the top team in the country, but how is that benefiting you? Like, I'm not telling yeah. you to be on the worst team, but I'm telling you to be on a team that's going to, what's the goal here is the goal to grow yourself as a player. So you have a future. So you play in college or you play in the NWSL or you play over in Europe or whatever, or is your goal to win championships um, that nobody cares about? Sorry, everybody, but nobody cares about if you won the ECNL. I don't even know who won the ECNL championship. I don't even care. Like, I don't like, I'm like, you know, you know, I know in the moment, everybody cares and parents care, but in the big picture, like what's the point? Like, yeah. yeah sorry yeah. it's true no and no. and i mean <laughs> like, I, I think part of that is spot on you know with the it, it kind of comes down to you as an individual with what you see yourself doing and what you want to be end, yeah. ending up achieving i mean for me for myself i've got really high aspirations that you know seven ten years down down the line i hope that i'm achieving certain things and so now's the time when i'm kind of looking at all that and i'm going all right what are the steps that i need to take right now that will help me to get there for me, I think right now it's getting loans and doing experience and trying my best to play as many games and accumulate as much knowledge for this position as I can. But some people may not want that. Some people may just want to be on the most successful team in college and fair enough to them if they want to do that. But if somebody does have those longer term aspirations, then you do have to sit down and think about what's the best move for me right now to help me to achieve those goals down the line. And look, the argument somebody can come back with me right now is say, but you wanted to go from Rutgers to North Carolina. North Carolina was number one in the country. And I get that. But at that point in my career, it was about training for me. It was like, who's going to bring the best out of me in training when every day in practice, I'm going up against Mia Hamm, Christine Lilly, like Rita Tower, um, Daniel Egan, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Like, who's going to bring the best out of me? Because I was already on the US team. So it's like, I need that. And I'm not getting it here at that yeah. time. Um, so that's the argument. And if anybody wants to slam me on that, <laughs> but at the end of the day, Anson was right because the game experience was bigger than practice. And I didn't know that I was a kid. Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of the, the bit that I've been able to enjoy being a goalkeeper at a big parent club. Who's been able to go out to other clubs to get the game experiences. I get the kind of best of both worlds of like last season, I'd be able to train with either players in the first team or with nice. the players in the 23s who are very, very good goalkeepers and who know the position very well. And so the standard of training sessions is always very high and there's always, you know, good levels and people are pushing each other. But on the flip side of that, I also got to make sure I was getting consistent game time in and out every week. So it's kind of, you get the balance of both, which is a very lucky position to be in. Absolutely. Ethan, I got a question for you. So when you go on loan uh, to, to any club, like what is kind of the first things, like the first day that you get there, that you could should shine a focus on as a young player. Um, well, you know, I'm I'm young and I'm still trying to learn. So, I mean, first couple of days is all just about trying to integrate into the side. So, if you are meeting people, you're trying to learn names, you're trying to get everybody down, learn positions. You need you obviously there's a new club, so there's going to be new styles of play, new tactical decisions, and so you kind of have to just immerse yourself into that and pick up on the culture and everything that the club is trying to strive for. 
once yeah. you kind of have that out the way, then you can start to focus on the longer goals of, all right, what do I want to be trying to get out of this? And that, that changes over time as well. Sometimes loans don't go as exactly as you plan them to. Sometimes you don't play as much as you want. And so you have to kind of look for alternative things that you can take out of that loan and take with you as lessons. I love what you just said right there because, Suskia, I can't tell you how many times, and we'll get going back to the college game, a player has transferred to another school because they assumed, or, or let's just say maybe th- they, they, yeah, and it, it doesn't work out that way. No, and, um, you know, there's a goalkeeper that transferred to another Pac-12 team, I, I won't say her name, I think under the thought process of coming from UCLA that, and going to this other team that boom, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't starting there. Maybe I teetered between two and three, but I'm going to start here and didn't. And, you know, you know, it's not, it's not cut in stone. It's not that simple. But (laughs) also the things that, that those types of opportunities get is they teach you the other sides of the game that you don't consider. Like being a goalkeeper is a very lonely position in football. You're mm-hmm. only one of us is playing. And every time you make a mistake, it's on you and there's always eyes on you. So when we go through that, it's a very mentally tough position. And I find that sometimes those, those challenges, like when you expect to be playing and you're not, those kind of teach you how to work out the, the mental side of it. Okay. How can I become the number mm-hmm. one after being the number two? How can I overcome that mental challenge that I'm facing and kind of get to where I want to be? So it may not be play time, but it's something that can kind of teach you another lesson. Yeah. And for young kids coming up, you see, and I I keep referring to the college game more that I think with when you go into pro, you have a certain amount of understanding and expectation. You know, you're coming in and Courtois is a starting goalkeeper or something like that. And, you know, you're not, you know, you might you might be sitting like for a couple of years. But I think that I think we have a lot of young kids that go in from being the best on their club team for so long and one of the best teams in the country. And they come into college and they say, what do you mean I have to sit? Why am I not the starter? First of all, you're a freshman. There's a lot to learn. You're the first time away from home. First time of this. First time of that. You have studies. And yeah, you got a lot to learn. The speed of the game, the way that the systems are played, everything like that. And I think a lot of kids, that's a learning curve. And some can do it. Some have hiccups and some can't like some yeah. fall to the wayside. They can't deal with it. Yeah. You, you know, I, I got a question for you, Ethan, because, you know, one of the things that happens when you go out on loan, and, and I, I think a lot of people, you know, might not be familiar with this is that a lot of times, you know, you're a young player going into an environment where there are 35 year old men <laughs> who yeah. literally like they like pay their rent and yeah. have their no, family. They, like, they pay their mortgage. They pay their mortgage. Yeah. Sorry. They have I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sorry. Sorry. I'm still in Peter Pan land. Uh, I'm still. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like... <laughs> but, but now, you know, you're 19, 20 years old and you're coming into there. And like a lot of them have to understand the fact that like, dude, that, that person right there, like, this is what they do. They play for this mm-hmm. team. And they're not just going to give that job easily to you just because Chelsea wants you to get better. No, of course not. And that, that's part of the, especially as a young goalkeeper, that's part of the challenge that we face is when you have a goalkeeper who's very experienced and they have that kind of background, then you as a young one, it's very challenging to kind of to overcome that. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I think that there's a, a change in mentality as well. So mm-hmm. when, when you're in college or when you're in an academy system like they have over here, a lot of the times the focus can be on development or the focus can be on improving yourself. The second you step into the men's game, that switches. Mm-hmm. 
And oh. all of a sudden the goal is now who's going to win me three points at the weekend. Yeah. Who's going to put food on my table for my kids mm-hmm. and who's going to be able to provide me with the things that I need to get. So that mentality switch is massive because all of a sudden your goals of, okay, well, I'm mm-hmm. trying to get better at this and I'm trying to get better at this. It, it doesn't really come to the forefront. And it's not really what's most important. You have to start thinking about the team and making sacrifices. Yeah. All right. What can I do to add value to this squad? Right. Because, because first of all, your manager can get fired. Like yeah. things have changed. Like you're not a manager hired to develop players. So whether they're winning or losing, they're looking at the, they're looking at as an institution, they're looking at the bigger picture. You know, are you getting B's and C's on your test? Well, can you get this kid to get an A? You know, it's not, it's not, you're not getting fired because you're getting B's and C's, but can you teach them as opposed to, hey, by the way, you lost three games in a row, you're out. And so, you know, and like you said, that's food off somebody's table and now they're renting and not paying their mortgage. So it's like, it changes. Then that mentality has to change in the player as well. And I get that there's a transition with that. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think, you know, one of the things about that too, Ethan, is that like you're going from, and I think these are, when you're talking about the intangibles of leaving your parent club to, to go to a different environment, you know, you're going from like, let's be honest, you know, you're going to the, from the reserves where, you know, I think your parents might be in the crowd to, you know, <laughs> like, to like the entire town is there that night on Saturday yeah. because this is a big deal for them. Yeah, so your parents you, are still in the crowd. And your no. parents are still in the crowd. <laughs> Thankfully, that never changes. <laughs> yeah, never. <laughs> but but no, like in order to become a, a true pro and be able to handle that environment, like you need to go somewhere where it's it's a little bit different. You don't have that safety net of like ah, you know, it's kind of the training the training grounds, you know, and some people come out and they want to support us or whatever. To like, hey man, like you're our goalkeeper in this town. We expect yeah. certain things, and you know, you got to deal with the heckling and all that crazy stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of the whole point of doing the loans is you get to you get to kind of step stone your way into it. If, you, if someone had to come straight from the academy system and go straight into, you know, 50,000 fans surrounding a stadium and that pressure, then it's a lot easier to be able to accumulate the the knowledge and the understanding of, all right, well, you know, I've done it at 3,000 fans and now I've done it at 5,000 fans and now I've done it at 10,000 fans mm-hmm. and kind of step your way up into it. That, that's why experience is so important in our position is, it's it's not just the physical pressures of the game. It's the understanding of all the mental and psycho- psychological pressures of the game as well. I mean, you look at like I, I was, you know, obviously watching the England game and everything. But you look at like a Marcus Rashford that's coming off the bench and coming in. I mean, what is he? Twenty one right now? Like I don't even know how yeah. old he is. But he, they talk about him like he's washed up or something, you know, because he, he did. He went straight from academy basically right onto you know starting team Man- Manchester United and was great. Yeah came in like a shotgun, this young six, 17 year old and scoring goals and stuff. And now they're like, Oh, you know, Ratchford. And I'm like, it's 21 years old, like lay off him. Yeah. And maybe he should have taken the penalty kick and everybody can yell at me, but Oh my God, what were you doing? Why <laughs> make him take two penalty kicks? So stupid. Oh, so yeah. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, Mike, I was going to bring it up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, you you were, you were, you were. Oh, oh, by the way, there's a question right here from uh, Ryan oh, Cohen. Yeah. Sure and he goes, hey, Ethan, you. longtime fan. <laughs> Are there any mates from high school that you feel were important along your journey to success? If so, how often do you text slash call them? <laughs> um, so Ryan's actually a long-term buddy of mine. Uh, <laughs> I was like, that's the weirdest comment. That was the weirdest ever. question. Yeah. I, I was I, like, I was like, like, that's kind of creepy. I expect him to like walk up behind me right now. Like, uh, 
Yeah, no, right. So Ryan, Ryan and I were, um, one of, he was one of our best mates in high school. So, uh, yeah, he's <laughs> looking for a bit of a bit of credit there, I think. Oh, my gosh. That, that is absolutely awesome. hilarious. Um, I have this question for you, Ethan, because obviously, you know, you come from an environment, you know, like a, you know, a top club like Chelsea and, you know, in the training environment. And then you go to these loans to different types of clubs that might have a different style of play or whatever. Is it is it difficult to be listening to the feedback from the coaches at the loan club? And then you're also training with your parent club. Like, how do you how do you handle that? That's if there's a, just a little bit of a miscommunication. Yeah, the, there are times where two philosophies and the two ideas compete and so like there, there was times particularly last season where um chelsea had a particular style and this idea of a chelsea goalkeeper and how they want their goalkeepers to be playing and that just sometimes competes directly with what the gap is telling you to do on a saturday so yeah. you know chelsea's a big playing outside so a lot of the times you're playing out and there's different pictures that you have to see with that a lot of the lower te- league teams in england are not playing out teams and so it is very root one and it's very direct so the pictures you see and are used to are something that the players around you may not be familiar with. So you have to appreciate the fact that there is that other side to the game that Chelsea may be teaching you, but at the same time, you have to do what is necessary on the day. So sometimes that is being more route one. Sometimes that is being more, more direct. And at the end of the day, it's kind of looking out for yourself and saying, all right, listen, I'm, I'm following my instructions. I'm doing what the gap does. I'm, I'm playing my role in the team. And it's just building that depth of knowledge as to the different roles that you can kind of fulfill. I have a question. Like, obviously, going on loan is, you know, how long you're going for, like, whatever. But have you had any experiences where you're like, I got to get out of here? Like, this is. <laughs> no, I'm um, serious. Like, this is this is destroying me. Like, I can't. <laughs> like, I've never, I've never had a a. It's destroying yeah, me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm always a glass half full guy, so I like to think me that too. You know, yeah. there's there's something in it. Um, so whether it's you know. But even if things aren't going bad, then there's something that I can probably be pulling out of this until I can get something else going for me. So um, in moments like that, I kind of just think about what are the other lessons that I can be learning? Like, are there experienced players who can teach me stuff about how things work off the pitch, how to behave in the changing rooms, how to be a personality for the other boys and support them? So I'm I'm always trying to think of what other ways and what other things can I be learning Um, just because I think it's a better, better way to spend the time because, you know, you sign it, you sign a deal and that will last through however long it lasts. So I, I just see, make the most of it. Right. Yeah. Good answer. Oh, here's a great, question. Here's, a, here's a great, great question from a Harry Hayden in, uh, <laughs> and uh, he goes, how did you balance coming into the Academy system in the UK so late relatively in your career? Um, it was a challenge. Yeah. Obviously it was a challenge. I mean, I was coming into four, four people in the U S who are not familiar, uh, coming into the academy system in the UK at 15 is considered very late. Um, at that point, the the next big decision is a scholarship, which most players sign at 16. So when I first came to Chelsea, I was pretty openly told, like, look, this is how things work. It's not likely you're going to sign it. So I had to kind of reconcile that with what I wanted to be doing and the way that I kind of want to impact people. So um, it is a challenge, but I thought that, you know, we're here no matter how long it lasts, let's just make the most of it. And so through all that, I just kind of took the experiences I got and kept my head down and kept working at it. And thankfully, a couple of things fell into my, in, in place for me to be able to, to do what I needed to do and to be where I am now. But um, yeah, it's, it is a challenge to, to reconcile, you know, playing in America where it's a pay to play system and there's no promotion relegation. And a lot of it comes from a hobby or a pastime to 
this very clear set pathway into a professional game that is currently in place in the UK. Um, but it's, I think it's just a matter of kind of hard work, getting your head down and, and seeing what can happen. Yeah. Sorry, I, I totally lost focus because I just realized I have a giant pimple on my nose right now. So I was like, really, Mike, maybe I really, should. Really, really, really. <laughs> Sorry, very professional. We, very professional of me. We all, we all saw it. That's why, that's why I was, you know, makeup, but <laughs> I should have done, I should have, I should have done, I should have done cover up right there, right there, you know, not, 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 not at, not all of us have the boyish good looks of Ethan, you know, so uh... I'm just looking for Mew Mew in the background. Like, where's the hammer? <laughs> like, well, I, I want to know what all the handprints are on the pictures. On. And I was saving that to, to the end. Wait, but it's got the handprints? Like, yeah, on all like that. All uh, the handprints. <laughs> Um, those are actually my hand. So this is my dad's office that I'm, I'm currently filming in. So that those are my dad's memorabilia of me growing up, essentially. And he, so. you put handprints on his. Um... Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's Mother Day's gifts. No, it's cool. Oh my gosh! And you got a spot of tea in that cup right there. I love you it. know who Mumu is, right? right? Molnir. Sorry? Mo Molnir. No, I thought it was uh, Mumu. The hammer. That's the Mjolnir. Yeah, Mjolnir. No, Mumu. It's called Mjolnir. I don't know what the hell the name of it is. It is <laughs> it's, it's, Mjolnir, it's Mjolnir. No, yeah. I'm going to look it up right now. Look, okay, we'll you're, let you're, it go. you're talking to somebody who listens to to nerd podcasts all week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I tried. I mean, my sister I asked tried. me for my birthday cake, like, what superheroes are my favorite superheroes? <laughs> and I started giving her some names. Okay, you win, like, you never win. never heard of these ones There's before. no reason to geek out. I have out. a lot of time on my hands, especially with my back issues right now. Um, all right. <laughs> Ethan, a uh, quick question for you before we kind of move into some of these clips right here. What are some of the mistakes you've seen uh, young players make when they head into a lone environment? Well, the big two that I would, one I, that I've seen some players struggle with is um, just not understanding what happens when you move into a professional environment. So, you know, thing, simple things like timekeeping or being to the right, like the right time on stuff. Sometimes there's players who can struggle with that. Hopefully, once there's that level of professionalism established, then um, I think a lot of it the biggest issue that a lot of young players kind of refuse to acknowledge is, is going into it without an open mind. So I think there's times where um, there's young players who come from, say, a big club like your Chelsea's, your Man City's, wherever, and they're going down to the lower leagues kind of thinking, you know what, I'm coming from this club, I know everything, and they, they kind of think that they have everything already in front of them. I think there's a lot of value in being willing to kind of come back for a second, be a bit more humble and a bit more modest and say, all right, well, you know, I'm coming from this big club, but this guy's played 400 league games. What can I learn off of him? And so sometimes it's not necessarily a mistake. It's just a missed opportunity to to not really immerse yourself in the knowledge that you might be surrounded with. I do. I love what you just said right there. And obviously, you know, I don't I don't I'm not going to throw any people under the bus. There's obviously been in the United States. There's been a, a couple papers written in the last couple of days about certain players. And uh, I think it's really important for young players to hear. In oh, regards what? to the, uh, did I miss something? Oh yeah, you did. It's, it's someone directly connected to you. So, um... oh god, no, tell me. I don't care. It's our podcast. We're okay, fine. Canceled. Okay, We're so fine. So, <laughs> so, so some sources came out about about why Gio wasn't playing at the World Cup. Why? Because I still don't understand. I have apparently there were some. Apparently there were some. From what I've heard, is apparently there were some uh, some maturity issues that With uh, Gio? that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I heard. You know, yeah, I can well, leave I, it at that. I'll take it with a grain of salt. I have to read that because I know his parents. So I'm like, really? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, well, 
Ethan and Ethan's going to stay. No comment right there because he wants to stay in the yeah, national. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know. But but uh, uh, there's always going to be something coming out. I, I will say this though, Ethan, um, obviously you have spent time in the, in the U S national team system. Um, do you feel that like that's also helped you in regards to another completely different environment around different players who are coming up in different environments too, to like, when you go back to the UK, you're like, Oh, I, you know, it's not about this little, little corner of Academy players that I've trained with, or this, this pro club that I've gone on loan with. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, it's an exposure to a different way of doing things. I mean, even simple things like networking. There was times where obviously I went to the U.S. with the U17 team and went to a couple of camps in the IMG Academy and a whole bunch of other stuff. But um, there was players who I met there who in a few years' time would go over to England and then having the resource of, hey, you know, here's another American, let me speak to them. And just knowing when you're alone as an American in a foreign country, it's nice sometimes having those other networks of, okay, well, here's somebody else who might understand what it's like to spend Thanksgiving in a different country that doesn't yeah, celebrate yeah, no. it or 100%. there's other cultural things like that where you can kind of get those support programs as well. So absolutely it's, it's helped hundred percent. And as far as yeah. having a different training program, then it's, it's crazy that you get to see these other people who've had completely different experiences and completely different paths end up in the same position as you are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool to kind of show that, you know, no, no one's path is the same. Everyone's path is different. And it's nice to know that there's different ways to get to the same end goal. I, I love you saying that because I think a lot of young players Saskia, need to hear that, that because so many of them are focused on there's this path. I have to go to step A, step B, step C, step D in order to reach my goal. And a lot of times, as you know, there'll be a step A, step B. You might go back to step A. Oh, yeah. Then you'll get to step D. Yeah, but I think, you know, I love what you're saying about about the resources. Like for me, even when I went to play in Japan, Brandy had already played there. And um, yeah. she wasn't there at the time. And so I use Brandy Chastain as like a serious resource. Like this is a, not just, this isn't England, this is Japan. Like this is like, like yeah. totally different language, different, <laughs> yeah. like crazy different culture. Like I can have like, ch- you know, fish and chips and stuff and beer at the club, I'm fine. <laughs> but you know, it's a totally different thing. But to have that resource and other Americans there at the same time, Tiffany was there, um, uh, Shannon McMillan and so so and to use that and to understand because it's not just the culture it's also understanding the business side of it as well it's how to navigate yeah. how to understand setting up your contracts and how the English work or how the Japanese work and everything it's important to have that network and to utilize it absolutely yeah you know um all right let's do this we're gonna Uh-oh. Susky's favorite favorite time of favorite Yay! time of the podcast breakdowns <laughs> <laughs> so uh we're gonna start we're, we're going back to the academy days for ethan over here this is yeah. chelsea versus arsenal uh the number 10 kind of like, turns <laughs> there's a little bit of chase coming from your defender right there he heads towards the 18 and then he hits a laser to the back post. look at that steer right over there by ethan uh so let's kind of play it back here uh ethan what are your thoughts first off when a player is turning and heading inside like this um, well, so there's there's a couple of different things they have to consider when a player's in this position, obviously. So in this situation, you can look at the back line. You see that at the time we were playing a three-back system. Um, so the things you have to be aware of, obviously, there's the, the direct threat of the shot from the player with the ball. We also have to be considerate of any other runs or anything that might be happening. So here, I'm about the six, so that if he try, tries to slide a ball in behind, then I can come out and deal with that and manage that space as well. Um, but as he gets closer to the box, it's clear that the threat is going to be that shot from the edge of the box. So it's about getting back and getting set to be able to deal with whatever comes my way. 
I love that. So then, so then the player now starts dribbling in right here. And I mm -hmm. notice one of the things and Susky, I'm sure you see this as well too. It, you're, there's very little movement from you because the angle hasn't really changed much. And I think a lot of young no. goalkeepers, they, they start moving too much and now you're ready for the shot and it's a simple steer. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, yes. That was, that was a big thing. Sorry, that was a big okay. thing that we had worked on before as well as coming. When I first came into the Academy system, I was very, jumpy very kind of like movement there's lots of like going on my hands and my legs so that was something that we worked on for a good few years of just kind of settling everything down and making it more still because any extra movement when your goalkeeper loses you time so if i'm bouncing up and down or if i'm not there then i'm losing time by the time the shots actually come in my way to be able mm -hmm. to get that step off and be able to push and make it look like a comfortable save when it could have not been Right. And like, this is what we talk about, Mike, it's just those micro movements. It's just those small, if you're, first of all, let's talk about your distance off your line as well. You're not too deep. So, so I love that you're like, you know, two yards off your line. So that closes the angle as well. So you don't need to adjust that much. It's just yeah. those little micro movements. So what looks like a big step across the top of the 18, a top of the D where some goalkeepers, if you're deeper, would have to make a major adjustment. You don't. You're like, okay, I step over and I still have the angle covered. And you yeah. make it, you know, and obviously let's fit with the finished product. It's a great, great steering the ball outside the 18 towards the sideline. So, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. don't oh, get me started. I got in a fight. I got in a fight with Brandy Chastain the other day on, on text. And it was. <laughs> Uh, we'll bring it up after this. So. <laughs> but, but to your point, Saskia, unfortunately, you know, I've, I've got a bigger frame, so I can be a little bit more aggressive in where I am positioned in order to cover off more of the goal right. and still not lose. On um, Some goalkeepers may need that time, that being a little bit deeper buys them, uh, to be able to make the same save. But I'm, I'm fortunate that I can use my size and my frame to be right. able to play a bit more aggressively. No, it's true. Like Mike, no offense, but you might have to be a little deeper in this situation because you're. I would have to be a little. I would because yeah, I need. Yeah. I need the time to get across. And because yeah. of your height, so because if yeah. this comes, is this falls higher and it dips over you, then you're you're gonna get caught. So yeah. you're one hundred percent right, Ethan. Like it, it depends on your who you are. And yeah, I, I think it. also one of the things Ethan is so it's like I see a lot of young goalkeepers who like right here. Because there's chase on the ball right there, they're too far over on their near post because they think, oh, well, that's covered right there until the player yeah. gets lost because they think, oh, there's no way this guy's not going to get separation. Then he hits the shot, and now they really have to push off to go. Yeah, but yeah. let's look at where the shot's cause shots coming from 30 yards, like 25 yards, maybe 30, yeah, like that. 25. Like, and if you look at where he's dribbling from, your starting position is actually at the top of your six. Where so if he looks up, that near post is gone for him. He doesn't have it. If you're deeper, then right here he probably has look. Now, Mike, again, you would have to be deeper because he could look yeah. up and clip you. Yes. So very well, good. Point. To, to no offense, well. Mike. <laughs> to an no. extent as well, you can kind of read off of what's happening with your defenders as well. I mean, in mm -hmm. this position, I didn't think that my defender was yeah. close enough to the ball to be able to make that big of an impact on my position sometimes if a defender is shutting it down more than not that you should cheat but you can anticipate a little bit more absolutely. and understand where realistically shots are going to be coming in from absolutely great point now a question for you ethan you know would do you prefer your defender giving a little bit of space in this situation or do you, do you prefer them going in tight on that player right there it's tough to say it changes situation to situation mm -hmm. um some teams have better people who can you know 
that's a comfortable shot for them and they're happy to take that. It, unfortunately, as goalkeepers, we can only deal with what's in front of us. We don't really get to pick and choose that, to that extent. Yeah. I wish we did because it'd make our jobs a thousand times easier. <laughs> um, but it's, it's more just about adapting to what, to what comes at you. Yeah. yeah, you know, Mike, as much as we'd like to say that we can control our defenders, <laughs> it's just a philosophy. <laughs> like, hey, set ball, set ball. Like, by the time it's they're doing what they want to do sometimes. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Now we got Suskia's favorite team, Manchester United versus Chelsea, right here. Okay, no offense. Uh, now, now you're my favorite team. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, Chelsea, now she's all blue. Just going to find some blue, yeah. blue shirts in the back now. <laughs> Blue's my favorite color. It's my oh, signature there we go. color. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, so in the 47th minute, this is a weird play because the kind of the ball kind of pops up and it kind of it kind of floats over this defender right here. And then Ahmad Diallo kind of picks it up, turns his body, and kind of lets the ball do the work as he kind of steps into it. Ethan's got the near post nice and covered right here. And then the shot is hit with too much pace for you to really do anything other than kind of get your body behind that ball if you'd gone down with your hands I, I think that's kind of going through you uh first off what are you thinking right here because this is this is kind of where you have to always kind of be ready for anything yeah I mean obviously hopefully in nine times out of ten the defender clears in that situation and then the whole picture changes but um with this it's a mistake so we have to kind of adjust off of that um once he's kind of in and it's clear that he's got an opportunity on goal it's about trying to make sure I'm in the right position to be able to pull off a save so from there, I'm just doing my best to block off as much of the goal. I'm trying to stay a bit more upright so that if it does flash mm -hmm. high, I can use my hands. And then if it comes low, I can use my feet. Um, but it's really just about being still set and being ready to face whatever's kind of coming my way. Yeah, I think you have the far post covered too. So I'd like to think so. Yeah. I think it looks that way. Well, with that long frame, and he's got a defender on the outside, uh, outside as well, too, who can cover any ball that slipped. See, if a ball slipped right there, he can just clear that ball. Yeah. So, I, I... But I like what you said about staying a little higher because we see a lot of times that ball getting roofed, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and mm -hmm. beating, beating the goalkeeper by pace in the upper near post. And by staying higher, you kind of you shut that option down. Well, it's, it's about distances, isn't it? I mean, from here, he's probably about eight yards out, so... I back myself enough to say, you know, I can stay upright and I'm quick enough to react. If he's two, three yards, then maybe I need to be lower just to be able yes. to react to that. But in this situation, I think it's a bit, it, it allows me to have more options to make a save than if I were lower. Yeah. Um, he, uh, there was, there's a question here in the, in the comments section here. And I think it was maybe referring to, it's from Volney Brown. He goes, if you got a surprise shot, how would you handle that strike? Uh, and I think he was referring to right here if the guy hits it from here as First opposed time. to yeah but go yeah. forward hold on go a little bit and you're set yeah. so look at look volley look at ethan's position and he is actually set for this so if he strikes it first time you're set yeah well, I and, think. and further than that as well if you so if you could go back a little bit yeah with the position of his body, his back is facing towards the goal. So mm -hmm. biomechanically for him to be able to lever around, you would be able to tell by the positioning of his body right. that he's lining up for a shot before it actually comes in. So from here, the chances of him likely getting a shot off of that are really slim. Um, so it mentally allows me a little bit more time to be able to yeah. get into my set position. Yeah. yeah. I love what you just said right there because yeah, now I'm looking here. If he tries to hit this, there's, it's going to take some contortioning on his part. 
<laughs> and it, it'd have to be it'd have to be a miraculous strike to I think yeah be in there, right yeah which fair yeah, enough yeah. if he if he hits that yeah and because once he's turned you're boom you're there and that his picture changes basically so the second because he's looking at the ball the second he turns he's looked at his picture and it's different because you're right there yeah he's got it covered boom I love it fantastic and then I think he's not thrilled with the situation right there <laughs> we always love to see that from from players <laughs> um all right let's move on to this uh this one right here uh let me find it in the chat here um all right 59th minute now this is a counter play uh mm -hmm. which is always a little bit difficult here but essentially it looks like what happens is a player kind of is dribbling in towards outside of the box and is that is that reese nelson was he playing with the um he the was Canada playing team? that night he was that, okay this was i want to say a year or two ago but he was playing with them that night okay and he slips a ball across uh, towards inside the box towards Nikolai Mueller. It's a quick reaction save. Boom, right there. I want to slow it down here for everyone to kind of see. First off, this is an interesting angle. So, Ethan, kind of what are you thinking on this counter first right here? Um, so first thing from this position, it's a bit deeper off. So you have to be able to think about the space and behind. So obviously you can't see my position here. I would hope this was a few years ago. I would hope that I'm a bit more aggressive and controlling that space and behind. Can't say that I was given the time difference. Um, but looking back on this now, I would hope that my position is aggressive enough to where if he overhits that ball, then I can come through and control my area. But aside from that right now, it's keeping an eye on what's happening into the behind my two center backs. So keeping an eye on the nine and the seven and making sure that my defenders are aware of where they are and that I'm scanning to make sure that I can see what's going on so that when he does eventually cross in like he does, I already know where the threats are coming from. Yeah, so, and it's so and fast. It's, man, it's so fast. Look at that. Boom. It, it is boom. fast, but yeah. But when you get into the habit of it, it, it becomes easier. So I would hope, again, the, speaking in the past tense, but I would hope that in that situation, I'm scanning and aware of where those two uh, net or three forwards are coming into the box mm -hmm. and presenting a threat from. Um, and then as he's lining up here, from there, my set position's more towards my front post. So I'm probably thinking about the space and behind in case he squares it across the six. Um, but as I see that that's no longer my ball and it's going towards the number 11, I'm pivoting in and trying to keep my weight forward so that as the ball is being struck, I'm, I'm forward so that I can either go foot and get a solid connection behind it or if it's higher up, then I can get my hands behind it. Yeah, I love what you just said right there. And I think, you know, one of the things... By the way, I love the way you're like, you know, this was a few years ago. You're the same way as I am like when I see old, <laughs> old stand-up of myself. And I'm, I have to like preface that. I'm like, well, this is from like 2016. Um, <laughs> so disregard, dis, disregard the, the timing on that bit right there. Uh, I don't even do that bit anymore. I'm, I'm, I've grown from there. Um, I still think this is a quality save. And, you know, for a young, young man at the time, this is, this is a brilliant save. Um, I like because when he opens up his hips, like the way you're positioned, if he opens up his hips, there's literally nothing he can do other than hit that ball into that space right there. And you're just right there and you're not too tight on your post either. Right. Susk? No. And I think that, I think that this, this comes into the, the question of, should this be a foot save? Where's your balance and all that stuff, guys, this is so tight and so quick. Keep the ball out of the net. And that's what we get, get to like, that's what your feet like to keep the ball out of the net. And it's a great yeah. save. It's a great reaction save, but I like what you said about the fact that you knew where the other players were. You, you were expecting this ahead of time. It's not a surprise to you. 
It's like, okay, he slots it here. This guy could hit it. He could dummy it. Nine could hit it. Yeah. He could dummy it. Like 11 could have hit it. But you knew oh, where all those players were. Because when you break it down to – if you could rewind Seven, it just a little I mean. bit to when uh, the forward has the ball and is about to cross it into the box. Stop. Probably about – maybe a little bit further. Probably about there. When you break into that, there's realistically only two, maybe three real areas where a threat could come from. Right. So one of the two front guys in the front post are going to hit it or it's going to fall through to the guy at the seven at the back stick and then he's going to be the one. So as a goalkeeper – the three things that I would like to say were on my mind were either one of those guys in the front position is going to hit it. The guy at the back sticks, the one who's going to hit it, or it's going to come into my space before then I need to control that. So while it may be like, it may look fast and it may look like a quick situation. There's already three situations in my head that I have to be prepared for to be able to react to. Yeah. And I think what you have to do is what you see a lot of goalkeepers do. And yeah, there are three. So a lot of people might say, God, he should have left it. It should have gone to seven. And but I think that you see a lot of goalkeepers cheating with that. And so you find a lot of goalkeepers that are like, OK, this is going to be slotted through. I think that going to seven, I think he's already pulled himself out of the plays. He would have been ahead of it. But I think that you see that keeper lean. And so they get beat. Mm-hmm. Near, they get beat mm-hmm. near post on that lean of, OK, I'm going to get across. I'm going to get a jump on this to make the worldy save. You know, if yeah. it goes to seven and you get pinched and they go near near post on you. Yeah, for sure. It can, it can so, happen a lot. Yeah, it happens so all the fact, time. With the so the fact that you took it one segment at a time. Okay, mm-hmm. what are the options here? 11, nine, then seven. And so it's like, let me deal with the, the problem at hand. The problem is he could strike it. Then he could strike it. Then he could strike it. So you kept yourself focused one one segment at a time instead of looking ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, and and. That just comes down to, you know, the habits you build in training. The, before this save was made in the game, there was probably a thousand sessions where my coach was telling me, you know, take each ball for what it is. So, <laughs> yeah. it, where it you actually went across it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Beating your post. Trust me. There's me probably too. 50 times I got beat in training before I, you know, make that <laughs> save in the game. Um, Suski, do you have time for one more, one more clip? I do. Yes. Okay, cool. Awesome. Sweet. Okay. So this is against Bristol. I think it's in the 15th minute. I think this player dribbles in towards the near post side of the box. And then he kind of slips a ball across to a charging running player. See, I, I, there's so many levels to this play right here. I kind of want to start right here when this player starts dribbling in. So Ethan, is this guy a threat right now? Um, to an extent, yeah. There's a defender in front of him. He doesn't have the ball in a position where he can strike it immediately. So I'd probably say more like a growing threat than an immediate threat. Okay. Because um, then as this player comes, they see he plays this ball in right here. And what I love about this right here, Ethan, is that you trusted your defender, two defenders to come in at this ball. But when they got beat, you don't come charging out at that ball. You wait until there's separation. Then you approach, cover the space, and make a brilliant play on the ball. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so if you will go back just a little bit. So at the very start of the play, you can see that I'm already pointing out to my defenders where the two guys are coming into the box. Mm-hmm. So you can mm-hmm. see that I'm trying to help them out by giving them the information at hand. So hopefully they can deal with it and then I don't have to make a save. But as the play kind of progresses and develops um, and those players are coming in, once it beats the guy, my, my guy at the front post, then it's clear that I need to make some sort of interaction. So his first touch as it goes there, it's kind of gets away from a little bit. So I know that I'm, a, I'm able to have that time to try and get into position to get in front of it and shut down the space. 
I went with the spread save and it just so happened, you know, on the night that hit that hit me and I made the save. But another night maybe it doesn't. But um it was just calculating the the time that I had and the the distances between me and the forward and when he would be striking the ball that I'd be able to get to it. So go ahead, Sask. I think that if you back it up, I think for your question, Mike, here, mm -hmm. when he comes into the box, you ask, was he a direct threat? I think by Ethan holding in shape and showing big here, he forces the pass. He forces the decision, right? So with good shape, with good positioning, this guy looks up, he's got a defender. He's like, okay, maybe if I beat the defender, but the goalkeeper's on me. Like he's not cheating. He's not out of position. So I have to pass it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Technically, it's 2v1. So, and as he's delaying the defender, you have other defenders coming in. So it forces the situation. And so now, now it becomes more predictable. But again, we go back to not cheating. We go back to, okay, dealing with task at hand. Task at hand is the, the player on the ball. Most important, biggest threat, right? Now the pass is made. You're not assuming this guy's going to dummy it. You're assuming he is going to take it and get your positioning proper on that. And then let's say he did dummy it, but I still think you're in a good position to, to adjust with micro, micro movements and you're in position for that as well. Yeah. So I have, a, I have a question for you, Ethan, because once like he's we always right here... say, just talk to us before you go play a game because we'll, we'll bump you up. <laughs> Everything's perfect. <laughs> so I have a question for you because it's, you seemed a, a little hesitant um, or or not as, as confident about the fact that you went with a spread here. Do you think in hindsight, if you had done it again, from a percentage standpoint, you would have stayed bigger longer? Is that what you're trying to say? Um, Not necessarily. I think, you know, there's always a risk with the spread. Um, it's, it's kind of a calculated risk of you're going big and you're trying to cover as much space. Sometimes it falls your way and you, it hits you and you stays out and you make a wonder save. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, another night, there could be a different finish, a different surface, whatever. And me doing the right things. I, I would say that I did the right things in this play, but sometimes as a goalkeeper, you can do all the right things and still get beat. It's just kind of part of the position. Yeah. Yeah. And you're looking at it like the touch gets away from him, but it doesn't get from away from him that much. And you're looking at a, a split second with two, a two yard decision. Like mm -hmm. it's not like some long touch from the top of the 18 yeah. that you're like, well, do I come out hands first? This is an instant reaction. Um, so I think it was yeah. handled well. Yeah. I wouldn't have gone with a yeah. different decision. Don't do the K save on your line. I would have said that. <laughs> oh man! And end of the day, you know, it stays out. So who cares, right? What did I always say? Keep the ball out of the net. I don't care. I don't care. Um, I, I want to just before we kind of wrap up this right here, I want to really bring this up because so many young goalkeepers, the second this player here, they're charging at that guy, charging at that guy, and then they just expose their near post. But you. Yeah. Wait until his until you see what type of movement he's going to take, and then you shift across and come in, as opposed to coming yeah. straight. You just drop step and cover. Well, had he charged him, had he just come, then yeah. that that mistouch by the player would have gone by you on the right. Yeah, like you could have yeah. ran past it, and then it's an easy tuck in. So yeah. kind of taking that hiccup, you know, allows you to make the save. That. Well, you, but, you, you have to take you have to take each ball for what it is. So, mm -hmm. with this situation, by the time the ball is coming through there, I don't really care about the player because you know, with the player without the ball, he can't score. So, in yeah. this situation, the only thing that matters is the ball. And so, I'm looking to what line can I get that's going to be allow me to cover the most space of the goal by the time he reaches the ball to make the strike. Yeah, I love it, man. I, I yeah, this is a big time save in my opinion. That, that was awesome. Um, Thank you. 
Yeah, of course, man. No, I mean some good, some good, some good actions right there. Almost <laughs> as if Y Scout called them best actions. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, let's see here. Um, well, Ethan, uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time because I know it's it's getting late over there. It's probably after nine o'clock, you know. And uh, you know, at your you know grizzled age of twenty years old, I know you need your <laughs> you know you need your sleep. Yep. Yeah. Early bedtimes. <laughs> Um, uh, before we go, uh, Ethan, first off, if anybody wants to c connect with you directly, uh, where's the best place for them to connect with you? Um, best place to be on my social media. So all my social media is Ethan Wadey, uh, all lowercase, no spaces on Twitter and Instagram are the main ones that I'm on. And, uh, yeah, best thing would just be connect to me through there. Nice. And, uh, if you want to reach out to Suskia Weber or myself, you can do that at contact at inside the 18 media.com or at goalkeeper podcast on the union app guys on the union app. Uh, if you have a guest suggestion or topic suggestion, again, we get a lot of DMS on the Instagram, uh, and it's very difficult sometimes. So the union app, we will get those directly. We get a notification. It's the best place to do it. And if you're not on there yet, check out the free union soccer community on all platforms we interact it's engaging you share your own content it's uh it's the it's the best of all worlds and you'll get suskia giving you a thumbs up <laughs> oh. oh all right well suskia has nothing to no, add to no that. i don't i just i just glanced down at the geo Reina comment so i was like uh oh, oh. <laughs> like, do you want to debut after the podcast no i, I need <laughs> yeah. to read it <laughs> I'm like, okay Okay. So I'm taking, I'm like taking a, the fifth on this one. I, I haven't read it, so can't comment. Well, no, I, I, no, I know. And, and look, I, 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 I don't know him. Um, and I know, I know you've got some relationship, so I'm not going to. No, I don't know on. either. I mean, like I'll call Danielle and be like, what's up? But it's <laughs> like, I don't know. Like he's a, he's a man, he's an adult. Yeah. Whatever happened, happened, you know? So yeah. yeah. It is what it um, is. It's like kicking Ethan, a we, dead horse. You guys lost. It's the it's over. <laughs> figure it out. Uh, we, before, we actually have one question. Figure it out. One question just came through uh, right before we wrap up. So let's just put this on here and it goes goes from Andre Adamovich and he goes just joined you guys for the first time. What do you think about actions of the defending midfielder there? Do you reckon it's his player that made a touch in the box and created his chance? And I think he's just referring to that last clip that we just had on there. So I'll put that back up right here and go very back to this situation right here so Boom. now which which midfielder is he referring to i think he was referring to the defense he said he said the defensive midfielder so i'm not sure which one he's referring okay, to yeah. yeah okay okay uh andre I don't so know what, what's his question he says do you reckon i love it reckon do you reckon it's his player that made a touch in the box and created this chance well, I I think that your defensive center mid needs is out of position. I think he's a little deep and needs to be forward more. There's too much space in between um, the two defenders that are approaching the ball. So that I don't think that's his player that comes in here. I I, I think you have defenders to mark, mark. I just think he's out of position. I think he needs to be forward a little more to eat that space up. And I okay. think he gets he gets beaten into that. I'm pointing at the at the. TV, like you can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he gets beat into that space because he's out of position. There's too much space between him and the defenders, his other two defenders. Yeah. Got it. 
All right. Well, cool. Well, Andre, hope that hope that answered that uh, that question for you. Uh, all right, round two of leaving the show. If you want to reach out to us, contact <laughs> media.com or at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social media platforms. Uh, Ethan, we're really excited about it, man. And uh, you know, uh, I know your I know your your future uh, is very very bright, and we really hope to see you, you uh, back much. in a U- U.S. camp. You know, uh, absolutely. Uh, Keep that American accent for a little bit longer. <laughs> I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Yeah. Thank you guys right. very much for having me on. Oh, you're Absolutely, awesome. Guys. Good luck, That's Ethan. All the time on Inside the 18, and we are out. Later, guys. Yeah.